Hello. Welcome in. Welcome back. This is Galactic Mythology. I'm your host, Liz Grace. And I want to say thank you. Thank you for tuning in and thank you for your patience. Realize I've been gone for about a month now. I went to Costa Rica and I came back. When I came back, I had several fashion gigs. So I had to spend my time sewing and vending and doing that whole side of my life. But here I am sitting in my podcast seat, ready to talk to you about the long awaited goddess, beautiful goddess, Miss Vesta. So let's dive in. Vesta is a unique goddess to discuss because she doesn't have a distinct myth to embody. Her mythos is extracted from her active presence. Vesta is represented by the sacrificial flame and she is sacred sexuality. Vesta is at the center of everyone's homes as the hearth. In antiquity, every citizen of Greece and Rome had an altar dedicated to her. And in the cities that they resided in, they had temples dedicated to Vesta in their centers. She is an extremely significant goddess. Vesta is the spirit of creative impulse and steady motivation. She is also a guardian and channel to the higher realms. Her sacred fires were tended closely for many eras, shifting in density as the matriarchy moved into the patriarchy. The goddess Vesta in Rome was named Hestia in Greece. Hestia is the firstborn of Rhea and the last born of Kronos, also known as Saturn. How does that even work? Well, as the story goes, Saturn was fearful of his offspring overthrowing him. So to defer this, he decided to consume them one by one, each after their birth. Zeus was the only child spared from the hunger of Saturn, thanks to his clever mother Rhea. Zeus would grow to poison Kronos, making him throw up in the order of Chiron, Juno, Poseidon, Ceres, Hades, and then finally, Hestia. This is how Hestia is both the start and the end. In the early days of ancient Greece, before the patriarchy had taken its full effect, the women devoted to Hestia of Greece were not virgin, chaste. This is a major contrast to the women who were devoted to Vesta of Rome, who were virgin, chaste. These women are known as the Vestal Virgins, who we will speak of more in a moment. The women devoted to Hestia were virgins in the sense that their sexual acts were selfless. There is a subtlety in the definition of virgin that gets overlooked. I once took a workshop with Rick Levine where he elaborated on the sign of Virgo and spoke of how prostitutes and virgins have something in common. That is, that they're their own persons. They belong to no man, and in the ancient days, the only women who were free from marriage were the virgins or the prostitutes. Chew on that one for a little bit. Hestia's priestesses did participate in sexual rituals, but they did not participate in sex or sexual acts for their own pleasures. Hestia's priestesses were portals to higher dimensions. Sexual union with a priestess in her temple was sacred. If a child were conceived during a union, the child was held up as royalty and would be cared for within the palace. Hestia's priestesses helped construct the notion of babies being born of virgins. 
because these women were owned by no man and seen as independent beings, their babies were considered to have no father and to be born of a virgin. These children were seen as children of God and were taken care of by the whole community. As the saying goes, it takes a village to raise a child. Once the patriarchy got its bearings, Hestia's priestesses shifted into the Vestal Virgins, which was quite an honorable title in Rome. Though, if you were to break your vow of chastity, you would face being buried alive or stoned to death. The Vestal Virgins were promised independence, respect, and front row seats at the Colosseum for shows. Hestia's sacred and divine sexuality by the time of Vesta became sacred and divine chastity. Both have a sense of devotion and discipline to them, just in opposite directions. By exploring the history of Vesta from ancient Greece to imperial Rome, we can tune into what she represents as an asteroid in astrology. By what I extrapolate, she has a characteristic of selflessness and devotion. As a channel to the other side, Vesta is to remain a clear vessel for higher vibrations to transit through. She is a flame burning of the purest embers, and she watches herself carefully to ensure this purity. Vesta, in a natal chart, is where someone naturally points their focus, as well as where someone draws inspiration and muses from. For example, for me, I have Vesta in Sagittarius in the seventh house. My focus is on having fun, as well as diving deep into worlds, religions, and belief systems. The seventh house reveals that I enjoy spending time with others. In fact, I gain a lot of inspiration from the time I spend with others. This is why I believe I am an extrovert, because as much as I claim to be shy, I get so much inspiration from interactions with others in real life moments, such as music festivals and community events. Vesta in a natal chart is also where we put too much of our focus and ignore the rest of the world. Speaking about myself again, I have caught myself hermiting away from social situations or actions because I am completely caught up in exploring the edges of the universe. A strong Vesta placement suggests a workaholic attitude or someone who is prone to burning themselves out on activities rather than nourishing their relationships or themselves. Remember the history lesson, Vesta is selfless. She is all about sacrifice. To be a pure channel, you have to sacrifice a lot of worldly pleasures. That's just how it goes. So with that being said, Vesta in a natal chart is where we must learn to execute great discipline in order to extract an authentic message from the gods. In my case, Vesta is asking me to be fully in presence, neutral and with every moment so that I can be available for the people in my life. I have a stelium in the seventh house, of which Vesta is the center of. My stelium consisting of the sun, Vesta, moon, and lunar north node. That stelium is essentially the marking of a life focused on relationships and the marking of someone intended to explore and evolve through them. I am being asked to take proper care of myself so that I can be present and of service to those that I relate to. If I do not take care of myself, my body, my relationships suffer, and then so does my journey. This is a characteristic emphasized by my Pluto in the sixth house placement. I'm going to step away from the natal chart delineation and talk about the scientific asteroid that is Vesta. 
It is always so much fun to extract some occult information from science. Vesta lies within the same orbit as Ceres. That is to say that Vesta and Ceres are walking the same path within the asteroid belt. I feel like this coupling of the Great Mother Goddess Ceres with Vesta in space emphasizes Vesta's association with channeling higher creative consciousness, also her linkage to sacred sexuality, in the sense that Vesta anchors higher vibrational souls to the earth plane through sacred sexuality. And Ceres is the divine life impulse that travels through that channel. By Vesta traveling side by side with Ceres in the sky, she amplifies that nurturing, life-giving essence that is Ceres. It is also interesting to point out that both Ceres and Vesta share a common thread of sacrifice in their tales, and both these goddesses have something to do with balance and compromise. The scientific skies certainly can offer us some subtle insights on the asteroids and astrology. Well, that's all I got for you today. I hope after the last 10 minutes you spent with me, you have a better understanding of the goddess Vesta and how to apply her in a natal chart. This is Galactic Mythology. I'm Liz Grace. You can get in touch with me via my website, www.galacticmythology.com. And with that, I'll catch you in the next one where we will explore... I'm not sure yet. You'll have to find out. See you in the next one. Bye.